This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It is a hard nut to follow. Welcome to the Farm Spice podcast where we talk everything agribusiness. We've had a bit of a run on with the Harvest series, which is really good to establish. I think we've got six to 7,000 listeners on the Harvest series within the first month. So is it really it is expanding and we'll see that go up into Christmas as well. But we like to diversify what we talk about, about Harvest, about the different industries that Australia is excelling in and the premium crop that is macadamias. So today on the podcast, we're talking to Larry McHugh from Marquee Macadamias. He's been quite influential in his approach to macadamias within Australia, but also across the globe. With Marquee Macadamias, they're responsible for 46% of Australia's total production of macadamias, 16% of global nut and shell, and over 20% of global kernel sales. Some pretty cool figures there, and also Larry's got some cool ones coming up in this episode. So make sure you share this episode, get it out there with your mates, anyone within horticulture, the nut industry, and also if you've got some other cool projects out there that you know of, let me know, and I'll be happy to get them on the podcast so we can create a bit more exposure for those sort of niche areas that don't really receive it from where predominantly livestock and broad acres so it's really good to get these industries on and expose what they're doing how good they're doing it and just really selling Australian agriculture as a whole leading into 21 Christmas right let's get into the episode Larry McHugh welcome to the show thanks very much glad to be here absolutely mate and just as we wrapped up our Harvest series, this isn't for the Harvest series, but nonetheless, an important sector of Australian agriculture with macadamias. How's 
world of macadamia is going within Australia currently? Uh, it's going very well, actually. There's there's a lot of planting going along on, on at the moment, and um, the whole industry has been been powering along. Um, even through COVID, it's it's been relatively stable, and it's one of the good things about the industry is that uh, through GFCs, through COVID, through many things, it's still still managed to to battle along. So, um, I think it's got a good future. Absolutely. And before we get down to agribusiness, do you just want to give the listeners and myself a bit of a background of where you've come from? Um, and where it's led you into the role today? Yeah, well, I'm a, a bit of a, a strange beast myself. I, I'm actually a, a, um, a mechanical engineer, um, and I en ended up in the north coast of New South Wales and um, became a factory manager at a marquee, at a uh, processing factory there, which was known as Macadamia Processing Company at that time. And that was in 1992. And since then, I've been working in the, the macadamia industry through factory management and quality management and general management and through the through the marketing company. So of course, in that time, I've, we're a, a farmer, a cooperative based uh, style company. So met many farmers, worked with many farmers and um, you know, have a, a great affinity with, with, with macadamias and, and the land. Yeah, so really starting at the foundations of it all and seeing how it all works. I suppose that mechanical engineer uh, background would really help you out in processing of macadamias to see how you can become more efficient. Has that been yeah. the case? Uh, definitely, and that's the, my my initial job with them was a was as a, a factory manager, and I used my engineering to redesign the uh, the process at that time. But um, I think as an engineer, you learn logic, and I've sort of applied that across the business and all the way through to something that seems very strange for an engineer. But I was the general manager of our marketing company for for an, a number of years, so um, it's all all been a, a great deal of learning. I think uh, in in the end, if you if you are logical and 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 systematic about things, you can grow your business and grow and grow. Yeah, definitely. That's a something I want to carry through for the podcast. If you are um, systematic and follow a few processes even if you're just a one person farmer out there and you have processes in play you'll probably be working better 80 percent of the time rather than just hitting 50 percent um, efficiency for your farm but unreal to have you on the show with your background mechanical engineering and getting into maccas macadamias for australia and across the globe so let's look at this season, what's the season look like for yourselves? We've been quite wet on the East Coast. Is that a good thing for you? Uh, it depends when it rains, as, as with most farming. Uh, it's uh, ter terrible at certain times. So uh, it's been a good year for macadamias. Uh, yep. at, at, at the beginning of the year, the, our crops were still been suffering from you know, the droughts in, in earlier years. Uh, we didn't think we were going to get as good a crop as we did. So um, the whole industry this year did around 55,000 tonnes. The earlier predictions was around 51,000 tonnes. So it's up nearly 10%. Um, and really our, our crops finished for this year now it's we've just got the last the last amounts of our in shell in and we're just finalizing processing so now we're now we're thinking about next next season now trees flower around the august september period so the flowering's happened um, and the rain the rain is not good when it's flowering because you can get um, fungus on the flowers but that was all quite dry at that time now the rain's coming at a good time when we really need the, a good soaking in, in the ground to keep the nuts running the nuts will be um, the, the nutlets already on the trees, and through um, February they'll they'll start growing and growing and growing and be starting to harvest in in the northern regions in in February and in the southern regions probably in March. Great stuff. So you called them nutlets. Is that the 
and that trying to develop starting to yeah develop. yeah so it's a so it's a, it starts as a flower obviously and then it yep. turns into into a tiny little nut so we just call them nutlets and then <laughs> as they start as they start to grow they they become bigger and bigger and you can actually see them and it's yep. one of the one of the difficulties in macadamias is that they're so tiny at the beginning it's actually quite hard to tell what sort of a crop you have but over over the months from september you know, october november december you gradually start to be able to see the crop and so one, traditionally one of the the hard things is forecasting the crop yeah great stuff and um late maturing sort of crop to get your estimates in for the year just give us a bit of a spiel about what Marquee Macadamias is and what it does. I see you have a few locations across Australia, but also over in Africa as well. Yeah. So um, as I said before, we're, we're at 100% owned by growers. So we started in 1983 in Lismore. Um, that's really around about when the industry started and the growers found that they couldn't sell their crop at a, at a price that worked. So a few people got together and, and started a processing plant. Um, since that time, we've been we've been building market overseas and in Australia, um, and we got we we invested in another processing company in Bundaberg um, earlier in about 2011, um, and we've since taken over that company completely. So and um, we also rebranded. We had a lot of different brands across the time. We were Macadamia Processing Company, Pacific Gold Macadamias, International Macadamias Limited, a whole, a whole lot of names. Um, Last year we rebranded to to Marquee Macadamia, so all our operations, which are still 100% grower owned, yep. uh, are named Marquee. We have a separate marketing company, so they're, they're Marquee Macadamias. We have a marketing company called Marquee Marketing, um, and it's um, as of a year ago, it's now 50% owned by um, a South African company. The South African company, um, South Africa, is the second is the biggest or the second biggest, depending on the year, pro, um, producer in the world. So we've we've teamed up with with them, uh, and really one of the fundamental things we're trying to do is build market for macadamias, and mostly to make sure that we're, the Australian macadamias have a home. But to build market, we need crop. So yeah. we've gone to South Africa, saying they're the second biggest or the biggest in in depending on the year. Um, let's let's take their crop to the world, build market, and continue to build market so that we can continue to get premium prices for macadamias as we as the world market grows. So the world crop for macadamias is, is set to double in the next few years and triple by about 2030. Um, that's just in plantings that are going on around the world. So for us the, to maintain the, the value of this crop, we need to make sure that we take responsibility for marketing and not just leave it to someone else. And that's traditionally what this company has done, being grow around has been tried to build market. We do the processing, but the, you know, the real value to growers comes through the marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And the benefit, for your company, I suppose you have a direct line straight to the growers to see what's happening out in the paddock in the field. Um, That's true, and we we use that um, a lot with our customers too. So, and as as you know, and as most people in agriculture know, that the, the customer likes to be fully connected back to the back to the, the for us the orchard, you know, further to the field. Um, and we we bring our customers, including you know, some of the biggest retailers, to the orchard, show them what we're doing. Um, and you know, being in Australia, um, our clean green practices and just just Australia in itself is a big selling point. But um, being able to take them back to the farm, being able to say to them, we can uh, we we own this, the supply chain from the from the farm all the way through. So whatever you want, we can do it. And that's that's brought us a lot of market over time. 
It's amazing. I suppose you can just sort of shape it to wherever you want to go if you own the whole supply chain. So for global um, consumption of macadamias, is it pretty early on, is it? And there's plenty of scope to grow into further markets in between yourself and Africa? Uh, yes. One thing um, with macadamias um, up to this point, uh, the difficulty has been in getting enough supply, not in yeah. getting enough demand. So and with the people who use macadamias have often balked at putting new products in the market because they can't be sure that they can get enough. So that's one of the things that Marquee has gone out saying is that uh, we'll solve those problems for you. If you want to put a macadamia product on the market, we'll make sure that we get enough product to, to support it. Um, and that's that's the case. We've just the world's just established the the um, World Macadamia Organisation because because our crop is growing in quite a number of countries around the world. Um, we need to do uh, demand demand creation from a world perspective as well as an Australian perspective. Yep. So um, um, I, I've worked with a number of people around the world to set up the the World Macadamia Organisation. It had its first members council meeting only um, a week ago, actually. But it's it's also designed to to keep that demand running. As uh, an example, um, we're only one percent, around one to two percent of the whole tree nut production in the world. So we are a tiny, tiny little thing in there, which allows us to take a, a premium pocket. And in many countries around the world, they don't even know what a macadamia is yet. India yep. would be one of those that um, you know, it's a huge population. They they are nut eaters, um, and yet we just haven't had the product to even go near it yet. So. Um, we're very confident that we can create the demand that's required. It just we just need to be organised, and as I say, methodical, step by step, get the get the job done, and and we we will make this industry continue and and be profitable. This episode is brought to you by Vert Your Eyes Digital. They're the marketing department when you don't have one, and your added expertise to drive real growth in your agribusiness. Contact the team that live and breathe agriculture at advertyoureyes.com. Back to the episode. Pretty exciting to see that there is so much growth in there, but being able to be sustainable for your growers so you don't outgrow or you don't have the demand once you do grow your plantations enough. So for that 55,000 tonnes that you said Australian growers produced, mm. how much of that stays domestically and or does it all go over in, internationally? So it's, it's around 30%. It does vary, vary a little bit from, from year to year, but around 30% of the product stays in Australia and, and 70% is exported. So there's a considerable export market and the Australian market um, per capita consumption in Australia is around, I think it's now around 160 grams per person. Yep. The, next, the next nearest rival is about 30 grams per person in, in, in the USA. So it shows you the amount that can be eaten in countries if it's available. So if the US, for instance, was to, to go to the 160 grams per person that Australia uses, we wouldn't have enough world, world crop straight away. Yeah. So the, ex, the export market is, is going to be the one that grows over time. Australia will grow a little bit, but it's already got a lot of product in it. Um, and so, you know, the export percentage will will grow over time and the domestic, the domestic percentage will fall. Yeah, absolutely. When we always used to go over to England, our English family would ask us to bring some Aussie Maccas over just because the price in the uk was a lot more than what it was in australia yeah so yeah. that so world the, pricing how does that work with your association you set up for academias across the world 
so the, the the World Macadamia Organization is is about demand generation. So there's uh, because of anti-competition rules around around the world, we we can't do anything about pricing. Yep. All we can do is create the demand situation and let let the the market dictate the price. But um, the the marquee is a is a as an international company. As now we're getting South African nutshell and Australian, um, and we sell to 45 countries around the world. Um, so pretty much the the price there is pricing parity across most of the world um, in the in the bulk sales side of things. Um, then on depending on the supply chains that we're going into, the, the prices can escalate quite dramatically in there as people try and try and um, make a make a buck or a quid in in London. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're loving them. The Australian Maccas are really good. And for like the next few years, you've heard Australia is looking to become $100 billion at the farm gate. What about at the Maccas gate? How are you contributing and expanding your operation um, to grow both your revenue and also your plantations? Yeah, so... Um... Uh, the the macadamia industry has actually been expanding quite rapidly recently. So there's been thousands of hectares planted in in Bundaberg over the last few years, and that's that's on the back of um, continuously good performance over a, a good 12 year period. Um, even even in the pandemic, now we're still paying paying very good prices to growers, um, which means that it's attracting attention and and there's a lot of plantings going on. The, yep. the mission for Marquee Macadamias is to make sure that we have a processing facility to, to be able to, to cope with that and to then open market for it. So the, our, our biggest contribution is, is in uh, the, the post-farming area where we've in Bundaberg at the moment, we've got a, a, a three-stage development that's just been approved by the Bundaberg Council um, to expend around $40 million on um, expanding that processing plant. That's where most of the crop is. And obviously, part of that is is um, securing the market on, on the other side of it. But I think you'll you'll find, like many farming operations, there there's there's many sizes out there. So it, the traditional plantings from the early days in northern New South Wales are, are much smaller. But the Bundaberg plantings are all um, fairly large scale farms, uh, planted by by generational farmers a lot of the time, um, concentrating on on real farming techniques in there. And the 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 scale and and the um, profitability of those is attracting um, corporate investment as well. So now we're starting to see a little bit of corporate farming coming in, which is going to expand it even further. So um, from from what we can see, it's going to just continue to to grow. It's it's never going to be a you know, a cattle or a, or a wheat where there's a, a a certain amount of land that we can plant yep. with macadamias. And you know, we we need reasonably good water, and the trees need to to, to live through the through the dry times. But um, certainly, the, it's a high value product. So even with a really reasonably small footprint on the land, we're still generating quite a lot of quite a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely, great stuff. As a high value product, though, how would you enter into the market of India, where they're probably their income's a lot lower than disposable income? Is that something you thought about yet, or that's later in the piece? No, it, it, it's always been on our mind, and that's the, the macadamia industry. Like I said, the macadamia is uh, you know, around one percent of the 
of the tree nut industry. Yep. So we, we don't need to go into the places that you'll find almonds and cashews and, and walnuts, the, you know, the big guys. We, we are deliberately taking the premium end of the market. So if we go to India, we're targeting the, you know, the 100 million people who have a higher income, who, who shop online, who go to, to retail places, retail yep. shops rather than into markets. It's the same in China. But now the China market is uh, uh, now the biggest market for us in the world. Um, but that's that's based on the high income earners and wanting to have something different than than other people uh, have. Macadamias are not even known in very little known in India at the moment. So it's a, an item that people want. But if they've got money, they they like to buy them. So it's that premium end of the market in in all markets that we're going for. If that premium end doesn't exist in that market, then it's not going to work for macadamias. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose that scarcity could even draw them in with little macadamias available. They're probably going to look for that as a premium crop as well. That's entirely true. And uh, there's, there's, we, we have worked on the scarcity. Obviously, um, there's, there's only a certain amount of time you can do that, but you, you truly have to have a premium product. And you know, that, that comes down to making sure that our farming practices and our processing um, and everything we do maintains a high quality product to the market. And that's the, the number one for a premium product is that you are delivering what you say you're going to deliver and something that's worth the money in, um, every time. 100%. There's so many elements that play a role in it, especially for the premium crops. We had someone earlier, Abby Edishank, on premium crops with barley and how they're marketing their barley to premium breweries and how that beer is ending back with the consumer. But for yourself and Marquee Macadamias, how much has the pandemic impacted your operations, negatively or positively? Um, a bit of both. Yep. So um, our, our market is quite split. When you, when you take the shell off the macadamias, sometimes you end up with whole, whole balls of macadamias and you also get lots of little chips and pieces. The, the whole balls and large half pieces are mainly used in snack packs that go into, into retail. So if you went to Woolworths and went to the produce section, you'd buy a snack pack. That's mainly these big halves and holes. The chip product ends up going into biscuits or chocolates or ice cream. Um, during the pandemic around the world, uh, a lot of retail of those smaller retails like restaurants, um, fast food chains, uh, uh, convenience stores all shut down. And what we found is that that segment of the market just fell apart completely for, for three months, the US, um, the, the Subway cookies, so the, you know, the very sweet cookies that have macadamias in them, um, just disappeared from the market. So at the moment, that, that part of the market, the, the price of macadamias has gone down, demand's gone down, but the other end of the market, the retail snack side has gone up very dramatically. So on, on, on a total basis, it's been pretty, pretty level. Um, the biggest, the other biggest issue for us at the moment is the shipping that we, you know, because yep. we're 70, 70% export, shipping is becoming very expensive and very erratic. And for us, it's, it's difficult when what we're saying to our customers is we can get you the product you need, we can get it to you on time. Um, in fact, we're finding it difficult to get there on time because the, the ships keep on moving. Um, they, they're taking, if you're trans-shipping, the, the shipments are staying in port forever. So it's, it's becoming quite an issue for us. Labour labor was also an issue during the pandemic. It was an issue on farm, not as much as people yeah. who use a lot of hand labour. Macadamias um, use a lot of machinery and, and a smaller amount of hand labour. But in the factories, um, it, it created issues, not just availability, but also the, 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 um, you know, the job keeper scheme um, did or 
the, the other the job seeker um, both caused issues because it, it was literally better off to, to stay at home than to come to work sometimes so and we found it difficult to keep our factories running during that time but overall you know it's it, it's the, the biggest thing out of this is be prepared for anything at any time and it's still still that way at the moment that uh, the pandemic can can throw up issues that you didn't think were ever going to happen and, and throw them up in a hurry yeah absolutely and probably for Australian companies because we weren't flying in and out, probably allowed that time to work on the business and find out new markets even um, just to get up to scratch for those larger companies, but also for companies like Marquis. Well, you're quite large, actually. You had your revenue on your website. Pretty astonishing to see like that it is grower developed and for the growers and to see how far you've come since 1983. It's pre pretty powerful. Yeah, and I think that that goes back to what I said at the beginning. If you just keep keep going step by step, um, you don't you don't need to grow from naught to hundred in in one year. Um, do do things correctly and just keep going. And and this is what happens. You know, you just gradually get bigger and bigger. We have we have a had the intention in our strategic plan over the last fifteen years to to be influential in the market because to protect our growers' um, incomes and the you know, the value of their farms. We really need to have an influence in the world market, um, and to have an influence, you need to have size. So we we don't just want to be big because we like you know, big revenue numbers. We want to be big because we're owned by growers, and in the end, we want to make sure that they they remain profitable. To do that, we have to build market, and we have to be we have to be in the market and see what's going on, and, and try and influence the direction. Absolutely, a very cool place and space to be playing in to see how it can all pan out and keeping that sustainable growth rule really benefit you as you'd know being the CEO as well. But for the growers side of it, implementing technology, I throw around adapt or adopt new technologies. How has this played out in your years working with Marquee and within the industry, um, improving the technologies within your processing, but also on farm? Yeah, look, I, it, it's definitely still a work in progress. But um, you know, back from from when I started in 1992, um, mobile phones were were a massive massive brick in your hand, and um, Bluetooth was uh, so that's when you ate blue think blue lollies, your teeth went blue. Yeah. That was about it. Um, so technology has changed so much, and it, you know, particularly I said in Bundaberg, the the scale of farming in Bundaberg is a whole lot bigger. And, and um, those farmers are very interested in doing everything they can with technology. So all, almost all farms in Bundaberg have been planted with GPS in mind. So they've all been planted using GPS technology. And there's a lot of work going on, on, on um, wouldn't call it robotic, but you know, GPS controlled um, harvesting, GPS controlled spraying, uh, drone technology is coming in um, fairly, fairly big now and it's still in its infancy, but just uh, taking taking spectral images of the crop and trying to work out where there are good and bad patches and what's going on, where where you might need to irrigate, where you don't need to, to irrigate. Um, we're looking at how to how to crop forecast using drone images, um, and then uh, things like electronic color sorters. So when when you take the nuts off the field, there's there's bad ones in them, yep. um, and traditionally you sorted by hand pulling out the black ones and you know the ones that didn't look any good. But now the electronic color sorters that are available around the world are coming into place in the, in the bigger farms. So they see the they see the dark or the, the damaged ones and they pop them out with a with a stream of air, 
we use that same technology in the factories for, for sorting the kernel to um, sap flow technology. So measuring what the tree's doing, how the sap's flowing in the trunk um, is relatively new in macadamia, but it's telling us a whole lot about the trees that we didn't even know. Um, one good example is that we didn't understand that when we reach certain um, humidities and temperatures, the trees actually shut down. Um, and when they're doing that, they're not they're not um, growing the nuts. They're just sitting there waiting for the for the correct temperatures and, and humidities to go again. And that's yeah. told us a whole lot about about why trees are doing some things that we didn't really understand before. And so that sort of technology is 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 coming in more and more. And having the technology is allowing us to measure things and compare them against outcomes. So the, this is what happened during the crop. This was the outcome of the crop. Can we correlate what's what's going on here to to work out? So macadamias are a pretty young crop, really. So in Australia, they were planted in 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 the late '60s, but the main parts of the crop really didn't start you know, through till the late '70s. And yep. as far as far as tree crop goes, that's that's pretty young. So we're still learning how to manage the trees. We're still learning how the trees react to to environmental conditions and uh, how to how to get the most out of the trees. Is there much disease about for macadamia plantations trees uh, there is and um so yeah, there's there's fungal fungal diseases yep. so there's fungal diseases when we're flowering that destroy flowers there's a thing called husk spot which um when the when the the nut sits in a husk when it's on the tree the husk gets a, a fungus on it and and makes the nut drop early um there's there's quite a few um different bits and pieces the same you now things that uh, phytophthora that that um you know affects the, the fungus that affects the root roots of the trees and there's also insect pressure. You now people think because the the um, nuts are so hard that, that insects aren't aren't an issue, but the nuts the shell isn't actually hard until right at the very end. So there's there's a period where insects can come in and, and sting the nut and create um, scars on the nut or make the nut drop off the tree. Yep. So the our our industry is very big into um, integrated pest management. So uh, over time, the, the industry has, has put R&D work into, into beneficial insects to, to try and control other insects, and, it, and it's worked particularly well. Um, we, use, we use crop scouts to go out and have a look if, at insect pressure. And so there's, there's a level at which we would spray, and if the insect pressure is, is low, then we won't spray. And, and most people are only spraying in blocks or areas that are, that are identifying the, that, that pressure. So we're, we're keeping the amount of insecticides and, and chemicals down in the in the industry and it's particularly relevant because we're we're very close to the um to the barrier reef in Bundaberg so uh, and the industry is under all the barrier reef controls up in that area and you know, that's it, it it forces sustainability as well as the industry you know doesn't want to spray it costs money it it destroys other things at the same time so you know, it, uh, you know, there's a, a great deal of sustainability comes out of all that absolutely and yeah if there is an alternative why not go for it instead of harming the environment outside of your farm just to get the nut off the tree yeah. for the nut the nutlet and also the flower how long does it take for the nut to mature right the way through until harvest yeah so flowering is normally in august september and in bundaberg it moves a bit quicker it's a, a bit hotter up there so by february that they'll be ready so it's about you now five five to six months yep. from from you know, the the first the first flower on the tree through to when when the nuts ready lismore's are a little bit longer just a, a a bit less sunshine and 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 a bit cooler um and the the trees themselves you know, they, they actually take quite a long time to produce the first nuts so in in bundaberg um 
three years, you'll get not a commercial size crop, you'll start getting crop. But in, in Lismore, it's more like five years, just because of the temperature and, and daylight differences again. So there's a significant amount of money goes into planting macadamias and waiting waiting for the crop, which is a, yeah, one of the one of the difficulties with macadamias is that you know, you, there's a, a lot of money goes in up front. Yeah, absolutely. That money that goes in, I saw sandalwood um, plantations on landline the other day. They were waiting 20 years for it to come to fruition. But waiting four or five years sounds a bit better than that. But still, it is a long time to be waiting for a return on investment. Yeah, and I think no, that's sometimes it will appear with macadamias that the, the returns are uh, really, really, really good. But they, you have to take into account the, the fact that they, for the first for the first few years, there was zero return on, on a fairly big investment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Larry, it's been great having you come on to the Farmswise podcast. Where do you think marquee macadamias and globally macadamias will be within the five years? What's your goal next five to 10 years? So our, our goal as marquee is just to, to, to keep pace with the growth of, of the world industry. So maintain our market share and, and continue developing macadamias to keep its premium positioning and keep growing markets. But the, the world industry will be double the size it is now. So currently it's about 240,000 tonnes of macadamias worldwide. It's going to be closer to the half a million tonnes within that five years. So um, we've, we've got significant work to do to, to build markets and, and maintain quality as, as we go. So for Marquee, we, we take it on ourselves to make sure that we are in there and, and try and make those things happen and not just wait for someone else to do things. And I think, you know, that's, that's, that's where we see ourselves moving is just taking uh, a, a more and more position around the world and trying to make sure that, um, yeah, the, the crop remains a good one. Absolutely. Well, I love what you're doing and it's great to have someone from the nut industry and specifically macadamia is really good to have you on the podcast. For anyone else on the podcast that may be within your realm, who else would you like to hear on here and why? Um, I think it's, it's always very very interesting to hear from anyone uh, in the industry but um, you know, some of the some of the growers who have been around quite a long time have a, a very good story to tell about about the industry and its growth that you know, the, um, there are growers around who, who planted back in the in the um, 80s or late 70s who are still in the industry today one of those is um, Phil Zadro who's he is part of our company just to declare my interest in it yep. but um, he has a he has an incredible story that he was a a, a building um, property developer in Sydney and wanted a hobby, so he bought a macadamia farm, and now he's the biggest macadamia grower in the world, um, and has a, a long history in there. So people like that, I think, are, are very interesting to talk to, and it's just great grounding for any agriculture to see what you can do over time if you if you just keep at it and do do things in a systematic way. Yeah, definitely. The, an early mover. I'll have to get on to him for sure. It would be really interesting to hear his side of it as a grower and also why he did it so early in the 80s. Yeah. Um, but, mate, thanks for coming on to the podcast. If anyone wants to get in touch with yourself or Marquee Macadamias, they want to be a grower, join the group. How can they contact you or what's your social media handles if you know them? Probably best to go to um, marquee.com. Yep. And on there, we've got all, all our contacts and all our, all our social media um, handles so people can, can find the, the person they want and, and come through there so, and leave and learn more about macadamias. Beautiful. Well, I'll have it all in the show notes ready to go. Thanks for coming on. We'll speak very soon, I'm sure.
Well, that was Marquee Macadamias, their grower-owned and grower-focused, focusing on the farmers right across Australia and their transparency to those growers and allowing them to see what the financials are, how they're growing and how they're making an impact in the world's production. We're producing 55,000 tonnes of macadamias each year and that is set to grow as they expand into new markets. A very exciting space. But if you did like this episode, make sure you tune in next week and share this episode with your family, friends, and even your harvest crew. If you've pulled up, you're at the pub, or you're going for a beer right now, make sure you do share this episode because we're farmers too. We'll see you next Tuesday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.